Hey everybody, we're back. It is the day after the massive march. I, I mean, I wonder if you're sick of us yet. That's really <laughs> the question. Because eventually, right, no one could take an eternal amount of Kiddush Club. There's only one way for them to find out. <laughs> it's a lot of keep, recording. Keep pounding it. Keep pounding it. Uh, we had a ton of things to talk about yesterday. Obviously, we knew it was going to go long, so we didn't get to them. And first of all, I want to have a shout out to Hanala and the Weekly Squeeze. So we were just guests on that podcast uh, where we talked about our experience going to the march. We'll, we'll touch on a little bit of what we said there, but uh, definitely you could go check out that podcast. And if you don't know what it is, it's her take. Like It's like what we do, right? Like There's yeah. not a lot of like news podcasts in the Jewish world that just talk about what's happening, what's going on in the world. So she lives in Israel, and hers is centered more around Israel uh, and what goes on there. And, and also she's a, a fierce fighter for the causes, like for the Israeli causes, like against Palestinians. Did you know like her Twitter account got completely um, suspended? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she was fighting Why? that fight where— Fighting the know, good fight. Fighting the good fight. And she got suspended. She got suspended. I mean, uh, someone just sent it to me— you know, late breaking is, uh, you know, I, I've been a big defender of Elon Musk and saying he's not an anti-Semite. I'm going to go and say he's an anti-Semite. Really? Yeah. That is breaking news. And not just breaking, it's disappointing. It's breaking my spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big letdown for me. He's one of my heroes. <laughs> my business heroes, let's say. I mean, here's the thing. You got one... Uh, notification that says maybe he's an anti-Semite. I mean, I'm going to ask you to bring proof, obviously, but there's so many instances in where he's doing well. Like, why is this one thing doing it for you? Because it's a conspiracy theory about Jews. And I'll tell you very simply, uh, and we discussed this before the podcast started, so I I started discussing it with uh, you and with others who were here, our audience. So uh, somebody posted on x.com to the cowards hiding behind an, the anonymity of the internet and posting quote hitler was right you got something you want to say why don't you say it to our faces okay good not good but i no that's a jewish person saying you want to say Hi- yeah come out you want to say hitler was right why don't you show us who you are and then uh the arm the artist actually i'm not going to say the name of the guy why should we promote it he responded okay Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm not going to read the rest of it. He uses an expletive there. Um, The point is that what he's saying is Jews for years have been pushing an anti-white agenda. The way he phrased it, and this is how you know it's anti-Semitic, because he says Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind. Now, are there Jews, uh, leftist Jews? Oh, absolutely. Right, all these free Palestine Jews, these are the leftist Jews. But there's also leftist everybody. <laughs> Every denomination has leftists. So when you say Jewish communities and you don't say, if you would have said leftist Jews, totally fine. Jewish communities, now you're an anti Semite. Well, Jewish communities could mean specific Jewish communities. He didn't say Jews worldwide. Right, certain select Jewish communities he didn't say have been doing it. I don't even know what it is we're talking about that they've been doing. I'm not familiar. Like I don't have an anti-white narrative. I feel like no, I am white. Leftist, I don't the, know. No, you know the, the the whole leftist woke agenda that that the white people are the colonialists. Anything okay, white, okay, you know, okay, anything white is bad. And there, yes, there are many Jews that are part of that, but there are also many everyone that's part of that. It's not right. a Jewish thing. It's a leftist thing. True. And then Musk commented on him 
and said, you have said the actual truth. So maybe Elon Musk is reading it the way I'm reading it and saying certain select Jewish communities are pushing that narrative. And he read it that way. And therefore, he's saying, you're, you're speaking the truth. There are select Jewish communities pushing that narrative. I'm saying there's a lot of wiggle room to get Elon out of this. And yet you're stamping him as an anti-Semite definitively. I don't know that it's warranted. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious. And I'm a big Elon Musk defender. Uh, at a time, let's say like this, if it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. We're, we're, the Jews are at war right now. Right, they just experienced one of the worst things that a pogrom that hasn't happened to Jews in a generation. Right, it's there's an insane amount of anti-Semitism on the street. Right, we're seeing it everywhere. The universities, uh, it's up a thousand percent. I saw a new statistic; it's up a thousand percent. To come out now in that environment and to just say Jewish communities have been pushing anti-white stuff, so you're getting what you deserve, even if he means specific Jewish communities. Anyone who's willing to say that right now in this environment, you got to be an anti-Semite. It's not the time. Yeah, it's not the time. Only an anti-Semite would have... In other words, you're heartless. You know, you don't kick a guy when he's down, even if you believe it. If you're kicking them when they're down, you're kicking Jews when they're down, and you're saying something... And by the way, if he didn't mean it that way, he could have clarified. Anyone could clarify, right? Go and, and clarify and say, I didn't mean... X Y Z. Well, maybe he's going to do that. Maybe it's maybe maybe doesn't it's look coming. like it. Maybe maybe it's in route. And another anti semite. Now that we're mentioning anti semites, is uh, Candace Owens, who we spoke about two podcasts ago. But the difference is now we have a clip from Ben Shapiro talking about it because I've been very frustrated because I've been saying, why doesn't Daily Wire say something? Right. Let Ben call her out. Yeah. And finally, he does. He did. He did it privately, but. Someone took a video of it, and it went viral, and it made it into Newsweek. Well, here's the clip. This is what it sounded like. Yes, uh, the, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this has been disgraceful. Without a doubt. Yeah. 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 I think, that, I think that her, her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not faux sophistication, it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find them disreputable. So he calls her out, but he does stop short. He, he's not calling her an anti-Semite, right? That's true. That's true. He didn't call her an anti-Semite. Like he's weighing his words even in the heat of the moment. Yes. Yes, I agree. But, but I mean, look, it's very big for him to do this. I mean, this is his employee. You know, this is no joke. Which is exactly the point. It's his employee, right? He is the boss. Right. So you're saying it's not a risk for yeah. him to say this? No. It's not like he's going to lose his job. Like, what's going to happen? Like, if he went out and said, oh, yeah, she's an anti-Semite, right? Which he could have done. No, that would be very, he, that would be an indictment on himself. He can't, he can't say that. He but do you, but you think she is an anti-Semite? I do, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one simple reason. And it's the same thing with this tweet, right? Let's take one simple example. So she had a tweet where she said, and I mentioned this, you know, genocide on any uh, population is just wrong. That should be not controversial. That's all she said. Anyone who could say that, again, in this climate, it means you're predisposed to believing a certain narrative, right? Because... A simple Google search would show you that there is no genocide because the Arab population has grown five times since 1948. 
So as we've said many times, Israel is the worst genociders in the history of genociders, right? Because they're only growing. Right. So they're doing a bad job if that was the goal, which it's clearly not. Right. So the question becomes, so did Candace research it? Well, clearly not. So where is she getting her information from? Is she following people that are anti-Semites? Is she is she just predisposed to believing that? I'll give you another example. When she said uh, when she had uh, Ami Kozak on, and she said, uh, you know, when I saw the Muslim quarter, I was very bothered by it as an African American that the Muslims have to live there. And we covered this again. Did she do an ounce of research? Did she Google it? One word in Google would have told her that that wasn't true. Right. That is the lowest form of preparation that there is. Exactly. Just Google. Just Google it. So it was bothering her, right? She claims it bothered her. You know, she felt very, very upset about it, very bothered. Okay. Did you Google it? Did you just Google it? Did you ask Siri? Because you'd instantly find out that you're an idiot and that's not what it means. So the question is, so where did you get this idea from, Candace? Why did you think that Muslims were only allowed to live in the Muslim quarter? Which, by the way... You have to be really dumb to think that, right? Because you know there's millions of Muslims. You thought millions of Muslims were living in a tiny piece of the old city of Jerusalem? Like, like what? So why do you think that? You have to ask yourself, where are they getting this information? What I think is, is that she follows people who are anti-Semites, <laughs> and yeah. she identifies with it. So she's not open about it. It's a lot yes. of nuance. Yes, so maybe not deserving of the uh, pejorative anti-Semite. No, she is an anti-Semite at heart. And the way we know it is because these things come out. She doesn't even realize that the things she's saying are anti-Semitic. She thinks she's being edgy. But the reality is, is when you say something that dumb, you can only do that if you're an anti-Semite. You're, you're a person, she has massive popularity. And she felt confident to say these idiotic things it means that she, in her brain, believed them to be true. The only way someone could be that sure is if they spend a lot of time reading uh, what anti-Semitic people say. Or they're such an anti-Semite in their heart that they just automatically automatically believe the worst about Israel and the IDF and, and the Jewish people. Right. And I think you were mentioning this today. It's just, again, two different sides fighting uh, in opposite directions. And no way to prove either side. That's right. right. Right? If you're an onlooker from the outside, right, wherever you are in the world, you're not in the Jewish community, you're not in the Islamic community, you're just a random person, right? You see these two sides going at each other, and there's no way to prove one, what side is correct, because each side is going to say, well, propaganda. That's right. Oh, oh yeah. That, oh, right, exactly. Oh, they made that up. Oh, that's uh, selective uh, facts, or whatever, what have you. So there is no way to prove which side is, is, is the real side, right? right. Except using your brain and logic. You, you know, simple logic will be, will, unless you believe, unless you're a major conspiracy theorist and you believe everything is just fake, then you could find, you will get a lot closer to the truth. You have to be a bit of a conspiracy theorist to, be, to believe a lot of this stuff. Like right. you have to be like the people who say we didn't have a moon landing, right? We've talked about that. I I was approached by one of these guys. I, I think I mentioned this recently. I was like, oh, you like one of those guys who doesn't believe the moon landing? He's like, you believe we went to the moon? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> and I and I so I told the guy, I go wait. So you mean to tell me everyone's in on it? 
He goes, yeah. I said, everybody in Cape Canaveral's in on it? Yeah. Okay, everybody in the U.S. government for the last 50 years is in on it? Not one of them broke? Yes. And Russia's in on it, right? Because they looked bad. We were in a, a race to get there with Russia, and we beat them. Russia's also in on it, right? Our adversaries. We made deal. <laughs> we made deal to never snitch. You know, because snitches get stitches. Yeah? Here too. And I think we've even mentioned this in the past. Like a simple, you know, a simple Google search, right? Israel are, the, the, the Jewish people are indigenous to the land. How do we know? Right? How do we know? Because you have things like the Moabite stone, or the it's called the Moabite stone or the Mesha steel. I think it's in like... Uh, a museum in the UK, and it's a stone, and it talks about Mesha, the king of Moab, who, where they talk at length about them defeating the killed kingdom of Israel. And this was dated to 840 BCE. That means all the archaeologists are in on it. The UK, all the museums are in on it. You know, do you understand how many people ha- would have to be in on it to say that Jews are not indigenous to the land? Everything all the archaeology, all the Hebrew inscriptions that are on the, all the coins. All the coins. The coins are big. Everything, everything. How many people are in on it? Candace, how many people are in on it? Jews are indigenous to Israel. There's nothing to talk about. But this is why I prefer to speak about the pro-Semites. Yeah, that's because you're a positive person and I'm a negative person. <laughs> I don't know about that, but but did you see that video from Nate Buzz? Uh, he's an actor from Australia who is just all in. Why with, do we care about him? With the Jewish people. He's, Why do we care about Nate Buzz? Because he's he's he has millions and millions of followers, millions of fans, and he's coming. He's very vocal, by the way, very vocal in support of the cause, uh, in support of Israel. And I think you should play that video. Let's take an audience poll. Should I or should I not play this video? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the video. I love this nation. I love the Jewish people. We as Christians need to stand with these people who have faced so much and too much. But weren't you afraid to lose some followers? 2016, I was in Iraq volunteering in a place that was bringing emergency aid to people fleeing ISIS. And I remember making a deal with Hashem in that moment of time that whatever it costs to follow you, to serve you and to be a light to people, it's all yours. If I lose every single follower, if I lose every single fan, if I lose, you know, my jobs, my career, even my own life, if it's to glorify Hashem, I put it on the table. What do you think that we as Israelis, as Jewish people around the world need to do better in order for the world to know the truth, what we're going through? It's a tough question to answer. You know, I'm going to be honest, you know, uh, it's a tragic reality that Hamas brought this nation together. It's a tragic reality that it was Hamas that brought these people together. And I'm glad that, that this nation is coming together because for the last eight months you've been divided over judicial reforms and politics and left versus right, and it was Hamas that brought you together. And so if I was talking to the Jewish people now listening and watching this, I would say, don't let it be Hamas that keeps you together. Let it be Hashem. No, we've seen a lot, but but is that not all in? He's telling you that he wants to put his life on the line for Hashem. I was going to say, if he didn't use the word Hashem, would we even be discussing <laughs> this or playing this clip? No, but again, it's <laughs> Hashem. not it's Someone not says day. Hashem, you want to you win him over, people. Just say the word Hashem. Yeah, if you're Christian and from Australia, <laughs> right? I mean, come on, it's not common. It's not yeah. common. It's like uh, it's like John Voight, 
right? He's yeah. a very vocal supporter of Israel, and even he doesn't go this far, yeah. right? But the, his passion <laughs> speaks. He's got, never said Hashem yet. Right, but he's very vocal and very yes. supportive of Israel. So it's these types of people that sway public opinion sometimes. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Can we talk about anti-Semites again? <laughs> <laughs> Please no. I'm not done. <laughs> Please okay, no. Okay, can I just say one thing? What? And really, we're not going to talk them. We're not going to talk about the march. If you want to hear us talk about the march, listen to the last episode, or go listen to Hanala's uh, podcast where we talk about it. But um, I, I was speaking about how I was, uh, you know, I was very going into it. I was hyper aware that it should be, and hoping that it should be a kiddush Hashem, and everyone should be able to look at it and say, "Wow, look at the difference between this protest, quote unquote, and the other protests." Everything was clean. Everything was orderly. There was no violence. There was waving of American flags. There was no, you know, anything like that. So, of course, you have people now on social media who picked up on a few of the signs. And we didn't see these when we were there. Um, And they picked up on some of the signs that were there. And I'm going to read to you some of them. And this is from Mehdi Hassan, who is a host on MSNBC. So that already should tell you if you're on M- MSNBC, you're a muxak. You're like a, there's an 80% chance you're an anti-Semite. Right, you're a hater. Yeah. So he tweeted and he said, actually, he, he was commenting on someone else's tweet that said, many signs in the crowd championing belligerent bombardment, collective punishment of civilians in Gaza. And then Mahdi Hassan wrote, but apparently it was the pro-Palestinian protest that was the hate march and pro-violence. So they seized upon four different placards and I'm going to read to you them. And to show this moral equivalency, like the the march yesterday, well, it's just as bad as the... <laughs> I can't say it without laughing because it's so ridiculous. It's just as bad as the, the pro-Palestinian marches where they literally break cars, injure people, hurt police, uh, spray paint, you know... It turns into a riot it's every a riot. time. Yeah. So here are the signs. One of them... So this was the... There was one that I think was was in, really, really inappropriate. The other ones, I, I don't think are so bad. One of them says, bomb the expletive out of Hamas. I think that's fine. Anything wrong with that? No, I, I approve if, it. Just replace Hamas with ISIS, right? Anyone have a problem with that? No. Taliban? Okay. One of them says, civilians who praise the slaughter of Jews are not innocent. I think that one's a little bad. Say it again, say it again. Civilians who praise the slaughter of Jews are not innocent. Interesting. That's the bad one in my book. That's okay. the one I that mean, shouldn't be there. Okay, it shouldn't be there, but it's I don't know if it's it's wrong. It's right. not wrong. Because if you're if you're if you're it, handing out sweets right, and, and after dancing October in the street 7th, while they spit on a body of a a, a a person who was murdered, yeah, I think you kind of you carry some guilt. Yeah. You carry some guilt. <laughs> I think you're guilty. Yeah. Another one said, many Gazan civilians are Hamas in training. Accurate. (laughs) Accurate. Can't argue with it. And the last one said, there is no proportional response to Hamas. Also accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, just wipe them out. Doesn't matter how. Exactly. So that was the best they could do or the worst they could do of like, oh, you see how the Jews are bad. Three out of four, totally, totally fine. And one questionable. One of them questionable, exactly. So whatever. And they're using that to make it equivalent to a free Palestine march. Exactly. Yeah, absurd. It's so absurd. But again, if you're an anti-Semite, 
you you you're gonna latch onto every conspiracy theory and you're gonna latch onto everything to keep the narrative going in your brain that Jews are bad, they're white colonialists, they're the oppressor, and and that's it. You're just gonna believe whatever you could latch onto, no matter what. And you're back with the anti-Semites. <laughs> like that's why I brought in Nate Buzz because he is a pro-Semite. Why are I, you obsessed with Nate Buzz? I mean, I happen to like him. I think he's a Scorpio, just like me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not doing Avaida Zara on this podcast. Avaida Zara? Astrology is straight up Avaida Zara. Wait a second. We're talking about um, zodiac signs. Yes. Avaida Zara. That's Avaida Zara since yes. when? What do you mean? They since, all- the t- <laughs> since the giving of the Tyra. It's been Avaida Zara. <laughs> <laughs> no, since Shish Mibrash. Every month has a sign in, in, in Chazal, right? Yes, yes. Right, it has a sign, right? They got it from us, yeah. Um, exactly. So it is its origins are Jewish. Yes. Why are you saying that it's idol worship? Because anyone who, it's the same thing like Candace Owens. We're back to the anti-Semites. <laughs> You're always going to bring it yeah, to where I'm you not gonna, want it to be. I, no, because what I'm saying is anyone who brings up he's a Scorpio or he's an Aquarius, anything you, like you that. You think that they're woke? No, not that they're woke. Is that you're lending credence to that. We as Jews believe that those things... We as Jews understand that everybody is born under a mazel. Yes. Right? Which is but why you we, tell people it should be the mazel tov. Well, no, that's that's incorrect. That's not what we say mazel tov. No, because that is the, the root of that is because, uh, as Rabbi Tatz explains, it's from the, the root noizel, which means flow. There's no way that that's the push-up shot. That's the push-up shot. Let me get the thought out. Is that the, the we know that the energies, the spiritual energies come to this world through the mazel. That's how Hashem runs the world. Oh, so oh, so you're you're saying exactly what I'm saying. The flows. You're, you're agreeing with me. No, th- that's how Hashem runs the world. But we don't identify what Mazel has a kayak to it. It has a strength. They're, all of Avodah has something to it, right? The the Egyptians, when you know, it's in the Torah. They were able to do, you know, these minor miracles. We know there's a kayak to it. 100%. Yeah, I'm not doubting that. The point of being a Jew is we don't identify with that at all. We go straight to the source. I'm not saying not to, right? Just because a person is born... So why you bring up, the, why you bring up his it, mazel? It's just around the time of his, when he was born. Everybody's born in a certain time. Happens to be that the Gemara says, Gemara Shabbos says, that the mazel doesn't go according to the month. It goes according to the time of day. You can be born in, in, in an hour where Mars... Is dominant, yes, and that person uh, is going to be a bloody, bloodthirsty. <laughs> a bloodthirsty type of guy. He should be a moil. He should be a butcher, butcher whatever, <laughs> right? The Gemara talks about that. But aside from that, there is such a thing as as zodiac signs and a monthly sign. I don't know if it means anything. Just because a person is a Scorpio doesn't mean that they have certain character traits or whatever. We're going to pull the audience. What do you? <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should put a poll in the WhatsApp group and ask people what they think. I don't think we should be talking about Mazel. I don't, I don't, I don't think Astrology, you're right. Astrology, horoscopes. I think it's well, horoscopes overkill. Is different. Well, right. Horoscopes, horoscopes is different. I might agree right, right. with you. Okay, fine. Right? Fine. But, but when it comes to signs and astrology, they have some meaning. Like you don't, They don't have to be avoided altogether under the threat of idol worship. Like, come on. Okay, this is a simple question. We, this is a simple question we could ask. We could ask some of the Piscum that are out there. Are you allowed to discuss astrology? Go ahead. You okay. should ask and follow up. 
I will. We will follow up next time. So I think all of this was a long-winded way for you to mention that your birthday's coming up next week. <laughs> That's what I think. Nothing to do with astrology, nothing to do with no, Nate no. Buzz. This whole do... clip was just to get the fact that it's your birthday next I week. I don't do birthdays. I mean, I do them, but I like I want to skip the day. Does that make sense? Like why do you like we have this day that we celebrate like as though we did something? Like I would much rather be celebrating a CMHAS than celebrating a birthday. You didn't do anything. You were born today. I mean, it doesn't. You didn't even get anything. Like maybe your mother gets something. Mother should get something. The yeah. mothers should yeah, be sure. uh, awarded or whatever <laughs> sure. for the birthday sure. of this child. But the individual, like, oh, my special day. What special day? Well, how do you know from the Torah that the birthday is a special day? Because Paro. There you go. Well, that's good. the only time that birthdays are mentioned. Yes. In in the Torah. Yes. But but. Uh, it is brought down that on a person's Hebrew birthday, yes, obviously, yes. that they they do have a mazel. Yes, oh. uh, not a mazel, a kayach. It's not a mazel. What's the kayach from? It's your mazel shining no, on it's, that it's day. Hashem. It's Hashem. What are you saying, man? That's what it means. And you should give brachas to other people when it's you when you have that day when you have that mazel. Okay, so remind me. I'll ask you for a bracha. It's too late. It passed. The Hebrew past. Oh, the Hebrew past. And I missed it. Like, I was completely oh. sleeping because I don't keep the Hebrew calendar front and center. And then, like, a week later, I'm like, what? I can't believe I missed it. Such a shagitz. I can't believe I missed it. Okay, what do you want for your birthday? I know that that's where this is going. You get one wish from me. One thing. What? I don't think you can give me what $20 I want. $20 or less. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot afford what I need for my birthday. And it's 10 million downloads. That's what I need. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 10 million downloads. Oh, okay. What about buying you a coffee? Would that work? Uh, for you, no. <laughs> but for the audience, yes. Okay. Okay, well, you heard it here first. If you want to wish him a happy birthday, go to kiddushclub.com, click on buy us a coffee, and buy him a coffee for his birthday. It's this coming Tuesday. Well, so far we have not purchased any coffees with the actual coffee <laughs> money. It just goes to support this podcast well, and we to did. keep bringing you Kiddush Club well, we bought coffees yesterday at the March. Episodes. What? We bought coffees at the March while we oh, were- we did that with coffee, with Kiddush Club. Yeah. So that's technically- Funds, yeah. People bought us All coffees. All right, two down. Wasn't great coffee, though. No, it was terrible coffee at it's the not March. Terrible. It was very bad. It didn't hit the spot. I had a, a, a terrible headache at yeah, four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were out. Yeah. And just for, so the listeners know, if you listen to our last cast, we were in the car. He had a headache. And he says, I'm just going to close my eyes for a second. I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> because who could sleep that much? He was out. Gone. It's true. It's and true. And I again woke him up after, this time it was just an hour, because I said, you're never going to fall asleep. It was like 7 p.m. and you're out. You're gone. And I'm shaking you. Wake up. Wake up. It's a gift. It is it's a crazy. gift. It's crazy. All right, let's shift a little bit. Instead of talking about Jews and Israel for a second, let's shift because... There is a, a lot of stuff going on in uh, in America, and there's such amazing that like this stuff that is like a gift for our podcast. Uh, well, first of all, it is worth mentioning because we we didn't get to mention it uh, in the previous cast, but Rashida Tlaib was censured in Congress, which was nice. Uh, and it, I mean, it's it's mostly symbolic, but it basically said that uh, she was saying things that were not appropriate for a congressperson to be saying. And inciting things that shouldn't be incited, et cetera, et cetera. So that was good. That happened. It was great. And then she went on to the Senate floor and started to cry. Yeah. I mean. It was a joke. And Ilan Omar came over hugging oh, her. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> you know what drives me crazy is 
every time she speaks, she mentions her grandmother and says, in my city, in, in Gaza or wherever she is. And it's like, okay, no one, we, uh, we get it. You're Palestinian, you know, you speak Arabic, but nobody, when they talk about their grandmother or their father or a relative, nobody says, my bubby, you don't say that, especially if we're in the, 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 the floor of Congress. You say, my grandmother. You don't say my city. I understand you call her that when you're alone. Why is this angering you so much? Oh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure that out. Because because why is she doing that? She's trying to bring her culture to the fore. Not culture. She's trying to to get the she's trying to touch on people's heartstrings a little bit. She's trying to make it like, oh, my it's like it's like uh, you know, crying and saying my daddy always used to say, right? So it's trying to make you get that emotional connection. But you're an adult. You're in Congress. Act like a like a person. Act your age. I don't know if I agree with you 100%, but speaking of adults in Congress, did you see the fight that almost broke out? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are playing that clip. I mean, that is the clip that I was talking about when I said some of these clips are writing themselves. And uh, we got to play the whole thing because it's great from beginning to end. I guess I should just give a setup for it. Okay, so just, just so that we know what we're listening to, okay? So the Teamsters president, his name is Sean O'Brien, uh, and he was... What's uh, a Teamster? A Teamster is a union leader. Okay. Okay. And so he was throwing shade online to Senator Mullen, an Oklahoma Republican. So he's been saying all bad things about him. Oh, you're, you know, you're a, you never built anything in your life. You're a you, clown. You're a clown, et cetera. Greedy CEO. He pretends like he's self-made, just a clown and a fraud. Now he comes and he's giving testimony <laughs> in Congress. And uh, this is what happened. What um, Mr. O'Brien just said about right to work states versus uh, forced work states. I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution every poll? No, no, sit down. Sit down. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Act it. Okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If Hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is Hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not I don't make like it worse. Thugs and you, bullies. You have, and you have I don't like you because you just described yourself. Hold it. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All make right. Make your statement. Then let's do this because I did challenge you and I accepted your challenge. And you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was, no, I was, no, no, you no, challenged no. me to a cage match, no, no, acting no. like a 12-year-old schoolyard bully. Excuse me, hold it. No, excuse me, I have the I mic. will say, I will say exactly Senator Mullen, I have the mic. You have questions on any economic issues, anything that said, go for it. We're not here to talk about physical abuse. You brought We're not talking in. about, of course and, I did. And let me, tell, let me show you his hearing, because I want to expose this thug to who he is. And you're not pointing me. That's disrespectful. All right. I don't care about respecting you at all. I, respect I don't respect you respect. at all. So all right, hold let me, it. Let me, let hold me. it. No. You're one of the of the most hold elite it, people. Please. Acted. Please. All right. This is a. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. 
This is a hearing to discuss economic issues. All right, if you have questions for Mr. O'Brien or anybody else on what he has said, go for it. I mean, but we're not here to talk about fights. I mean, this could have taken place in the seventh grade. <laughs> and no offense to the seventh graders out there, right? But this is like, it's, it's schoolyard. That is the video that keeps on giving <laughs> because it's it's great and then it gets better and you're like wait no it can't get better and then bernie sanders comes in and goes wait a minute everybody you're a united states senator <laughs> i never saw him crack down like that though right he actually like made Seder in the schoolyard no but it's so funny because at some point he like looks around in frustration and picks up the gavel like he doesn't know what to do to stop it he keeps gaveling <laughs> oh it's so good you know, if you're really serious about this, right, what, what do you do? Do you sit and call out threats in Congress or you wait for the guy to leave the building? Yeah. Right? And then you and then you just, you know, give him a little shove. And yeah. then the magic happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is just antics and so immature. Yeah, it's a little immature. A little immature. But for us, it's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't ask for a better clip out of Congress. Yes. And uh, in other <laughs> Republicans acting badly news, <laughs> I'm sure you saw about Kevin McCarthy and the elbow. No. So Tennessee Republican Tim Burchett, he's one of the eight Republicans who voted to get rid of McCarthy. So he claims that McCarthy was passing by and he elbowed him in the kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> What's McCarthy's uh, response? Like he denied it. <laughs> he said no. It was a tight. You know, I was I was just get, going by. I didn't I didn't do it. And um, but but you know when that happens, right? It's unmistakable. If you were passing by in a crowded place and all of a sudden you felt it like deep into <laughs> your ribs, right? And it's like you look and it's somebody that doesn't like you, right? You're gonna feel it. Like you're gonna feel. Right. It, it's possible that he just bumped into him. And it's probably not possible. It's not possible. Why? Because they hate each other. Right, but you're assuming that he hates you. So now he bumps into you and you go, oh, he for, for sure did that on purpose. There is a bump and then there is a jab to the kidney, right? It's it's very different, well, right? Not There's, all of us are mixed martial arts specialists as I, you are. <laughs> I, I'm not that special. But like if you're in a tight, crowded space and you, you, you know it when you feel it. Yeah. The one thing I got to say, I've never been more proud to be an American. Well, we're getting physical. <laughs> this is how we roll. Yeah. So, well, in other news of uh, violence from our government. <laughs> Is this a segment now? <laughs> so Secret Service agents who are protecting Biden's granddaughter, so they caught three people trying to steal an unmarked Secret Service car. They had already broken a window. They went after them. And they Actually, one of the agents opened fire. He didn't hit anyone, and they got away. Three people were seen fleeing in a red car. Is that just wrong place, wrong time? Yeah. That's like, like if you decide, it's the worst luck in the world, right? Like if if someone's gonna go carjack a car, what are the odds that it turns out to be a Secret Service vehicle? And you don't want to play with those guys, right? Oh no, definitely not. Because they're not, they're not like they're uh, not playing, right? They're not local police. It's like, oh, should I? Shouldn't I? Should, maybe I have a taser. No, no, no. They shoot to kill, right? 100%. They're here to protect uh, uh, people that are pretty important, and I imagine Biden's granddaughter is pretty important, and. They don't take chances. Yes. So worst luck I mean, look, ever. The fact that he took out a gun and started shooting, like that's not <laughs> usual. If that happened, <laughs> if that happened in any other police precinct, yeah. it would be mayhem. mayhem national yeah. news. They'd be marching 100. percent Secret Service. They get a pass. Definitely. Yeah. No one blinks. Yeah. 
in other violence associated with Congress. <laughs> <laughs> so remember the QAnon shaman who broke in on January 6th? Who was wearing the horn? Uh, how could you ever forget that? If you're an American, <laughs> right, you that know. image will never leave your mind. Yes. So he's out of prison now. He served time. He's out. Uh, he says he's running for Congress. His name's Jacob Chansley. He's filed paperwork to run as a libertarian in Arizona's Arizona's 8th Congressional District. He was so enamored by what he saw <laughs> on January 6th. He's like, I could get used to this. I could totally get used to this, bro. Is I want to work here. Yeah. Yeah, he says, you know, he said, you know, I turned my life around, uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, according to the U.S. Constitution, a felon can hold federal office. Well, let me tell you something. But he can't vote in Arizona. <laughs> he can't even vote for himself. Vote. You know how the politicians on Election Day, they go like yeah. they make a big production of yeah. voting for themselves? Yeah. He can't do it. But his recognition out there. His brand yeah, recognition is off the charts. That's a good point. All you said was three words. I know exactly who you're talking about, right? <laughs> yep. You know what that kind of notoriety costs? That's yeah. millions of dollars worth of advertising that people already have in their brains. It's true. So this man is a shoo-in, if you ask me. <laughs> and he's got a solid beard. And another violence news, <laughs> not associated with Congress. I just thought this was interesting because, uh, so you know that, that that game, it was like number one in the app store for forever called Five Nights at Freddy's? I've never heard of it in my life. That's the first time I'm ever hearing those words together in a really? sense. Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah. Never heard of it. Hugely successful game in the app store. Like, do I need to download it? Is that how good it is? No, I'm not saying you should download it. It's, it's like this, uh, it's... Uh, the genre is horror. It's a game, but the genre is horror. And the idea is, is that you're this uh, person who's trapped in this, uh, I guess, a, a store, and there's these animatronic characters. You know, animatronics like um, Disney World, the the moving statues, okay, with I the think, fuzzy moving statues. I think statue so. Guys. Like there's an image Chuck e. Cheese, coming into right? my, my mind. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese, the animatronics. Okay. And they like come alive at night and they're trying to do violence that this kind is of a thing. game it's a game and it was hugely successful so successful in fact that they've made a movie called five nights at freddy's which is obviously a horror movie correct which by the way i don't understand this genre like i don't get it like like people are paying money and are sitting down to be to become scared right yeah like let me frighten you well do you let me make you like turn around at night let me make you not even be able to walk around your own home without the lights on so does that happen to you <laughs> um i used to be a lot worse like i used to go into the basement and like 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 look behind me like run up the steps type like i don't know what's down here i don't want to know i'm just going to shut the door behind me and not look back like that's forget how about I the wife and kids i'm <laughs> just going to run away <laughs> that's how i used to be but uh, I think I've grown up a little bit. Do you like riding roller coasters? I used to like them a lot more, but I also figured out that the the key to it, the key to riding roller coasters, even into adulthood, is don't eat. If you don't eat, interesting. Before you ride a roller coaster, you'll be fine. The problem is, and this is the problem not just with roller coasters, but also on boat rides. Right. Yeah. If you're gonna oh, eat sure. and then go speedboating, you're gonna be seasick and be like, right. "Why would I get seasick? Oh, where's the Dramamine? By the way, doesn't don't work. take Dramamine. Doesn't work. Oh, oh, it works. Doesn't work on me. Let me tell you something. I'm someone who gets motion sickness. I took Dramamine one time in my life. I was knocked out for two days. That's weird. It, it's not weird. It's just that's what it's designed to do. Somewhat. I went on a like this like nighttime cruise. I think it was like July Fourth. 
and like somebody's taking out a boat to go see the fireworks on in the bay or wherever you can see it and they had food on the boat and whatever and i was like and someone's like you want dramamine and i'm like i can't hurt right how could i go wrong taking dramamine whatever the night was fine on the way back uh that night i fell asleep in the car as you shocking <laughs> shocking <laughs> as you've experienced but I fell asleep in the car, and when they woke me up, I didn't even know like where I was or what day it was. Like I was so lost when they woke me, and then the next morning too, I was like, I felt a fog. I was in a fog for like two days, until it lifted. I'm like, never again. I will never touch Dramamine because I didn't even need it to begin with. But key to riding the roller coasters: don't eat ahead of time, and you'll be fine. Right. Well, I was, I met. That was long winded. <laughs> Back to where I was going with it. So the question is I've never been a big fan of roller coasters, right? I, I do get motion sickness. But aside from that, what's the enjoyment of the roller coaster? Ask yourself. It's a thrill. That's a lot oh. different than, oh. than fear. No, it's the same thing. It's that adre- you get an adrenaline rush from the thrill. Yes. Horror movies do the same thing. For certain people, because not yeah. me. Like, yeah, I just no. get petrified yeah. out of my mind, yeah. out of my Your wits. Your body goes into fight or flight, right? Not and at that time. Yes, it's it does. just later. <laughs> like, I can, no, I can when you see jump. something. I can see something that's scary, and it's scary. But the, the problem is later that evening, and cue the music, right? Because that's when, that's, that's when I get fearful, right? When the lights are out, when it's dark, when it's quiet. Right when I'm in the basement. Right, but I don't. When I don't know what's lurking. When right. is someone there? Right, what? but that's not why the people the people enjoy the scare, getting scared. That's a that's a thrill. It's it's a you know for some people, it's a it's a thrill. It puts your body into fight or flight, and you have an adrenaline rush, and there's a thrill to it. Similar to roller coasters, I'm not a fan of either. <laughs> right, people like that feeling. I guess yes. the getting scared. Yes, I, I'm not. I mean, I can't even relate. Cannot relate. So anyway, where were we before we ended up here? Oh, right. So Five Nights at Freddy's, super popular. These animatronic char- characters, uh, you know, these... And you understand what they are now, right? I think so. I mean, I'll probably have to Google it later. <laughs> no, me, so Unless me, you want to Google it now for me? No, so so imagine the, the, the characters that move. Welcome to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, and they move around. They're moving back and forth and their hands are moving. Are you sure you mean Chuck E. Cheese and not Chucky the doll? Chuck E. Cheese. You never went to Chuck E. Cheese? You yeah, no, that is a mouse. Yes. And when you go there, there's the band that, that's on the stage and sometimes they start performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's I animatronics. That. Exactly. Okay. So following the success of Five Nights at Freddy's, Chuck E. Cheese now is removing the animatronics in all their locations except for one. Well, well it is a children's... Uh, theme park. Yeah, but the animatronics are not... In other words, nobody ever had a problem with them until Five Nights at Freddy's. Well, you're saying Be'etim, there's nothing wrong with them. Right. But Five Nights at Freddy's made them into fearful things. A horror item. And if it's such a popular game, you have to imagine that some of these kids have been exposed to Five Nights at Freddy's. Exactly. And now they're afraid of these animatronics. It's like the same thing like the clown fear, right? Like people that are afraid of clowns. You know, it's a famous thing that very many people are afraid of clowns. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I get uncomfortable around them. <laughs> I'm saying... Are you serious? What, you're an adult and you're wearing a red nose and makeup all over your face? Oh, you don't get... Oh, you get uncomfortable like you feel bad for it. Like No, I feel weird. Stop being weird. That's what it is. And then they don't, and then they don't talk? Like, what's that about? I they don't want to speak? I don't want to be near a clown. I actually know somebody who made Aaliyah move to Israel and is now a medical clown. 
look, I have to. He goes to the hospitals. I, right, you up have kids. to. You have to. You have to be machnia to that guy because he's doing chesed, right? Yeah. And I guess some kids find that amusing in some <laughs> sense. Just not you, right? Just not me or any like, or ever. Like I, I like as a kid, I didn't like clowns any more than I do now. I don't think, right? And then the clown car—they're all piled up in it. Like it's just the whole culture of clown culture. <laughs> it's very weird to me. I hear you. So you're saying you don't think these animatronics are going to be missed by anyone or their children? No, I barely like realized that they were there. Right, right. Well, here's a crazy one. Uh, I mean, this is violence around the world. So you know how a lot of factories, you know, especially with AI, as technology keeps improving, factory workers are being displaced, right? Because as te- technology improves, as robotics improves, uh, more and more factories are just replacing people. We're so, just waiting for them to replace us. Right? Yes. AI is eventually going to be running the Kiddish Club podcast, eventually. Well, for all our listeners know. <laughs> we already have. There you go. So uh, it, I saw this story. It was crazy. Uh, a man in South Korea who was working in a factory amongst robots, there was a, a conveyor belt, and this robot was meant to disassemble, um, I don't know, some sort of boxes, and the robotic arm was you know, messing up a little bit. And I think he was actually supposed to be, he, maybe he was trying to fix it or something. It thought he was a box of veg- vegetables that had to be disassembled. And it grabbed him. And, and the rest uh, is history. The rest is history. Right. We don't even need to play that out. Yeah. South Korea. So you know how people say like, oh, do we have to fear AI? I think we have to fear AI a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they took the they took the guy apart. Yeah. Yeah, this sh- there has to be a kill switch. It is, but it happened too like, quickly. Like no pun intended. It happened too but quickly. But there has to be a kill switch. Well, in, in related news, the United States and China have agreed to never allow any AI to have any access to nuclear weapons. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like a brilliant idea. Right? Who thought of that one? <laughs> Who was like, yeah, I think this might be a good one. Yeah, I could get on board with that. By the way, I don't trust the Chinese. I think they're going to do it anyway. <laughs> we are probably too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. And uh, and I would, mu- I would much rather that deal be with the Russians, to be perfectly honest. But I don't know if they have any AI. Yeah. I feel like this is still in 1983. Well, no, there there is AI that is readily available online that you can download onto your local machine, and then you have AI. So that cat's out of the bag. You, that's I feel done. like it needs to be a little more sophisticated to be in charge of nukes. Oh, because there's no Russian programmers that you know of, right? Right, I hear. Exactly. And going into Australia, I, I, I love this one because I, I love when the, I love when it's like somewhat stereotypical for at least the way we perceive people, right? So a hiker decided to bring a snake. He saw a snake and he decided he wanted to bring it home for his children to show it to them. And he thought it was a diamond python. A diamond python is a non-venomous snake. So he was bringing it home. And of course, it bit him. And in fact, it wasn't a diamond python. <laughs> it was a venomous broad-headed snake. <laughs> yeah, that could be. I mean, you know, you don't want to play around with that. It's it's a risk altogether because you could get bitten. There's so many questions, right? It's not wh- who sees a snake and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this home for my ki- children. Like what? <laughs> who does that? Look, there's some validity to it. Like if you are an actual snake expert, right? 
and you you talk to your kids about snakes. Right? No, he's just a dude. I know he's just a dude. But if he wasn't just a dude and he was like an animal man, you know, and talks about it with his kids all the time, like I get it. I do. Like you want to show your kids a snake. Not the best idea because even a non-venomous snake can bite you and that will hurt. Yes. Right? Even no venom. No venom. It's no fun to be bitten by a snake. But if you're not 100% sure that it's not venomous, right, maybe skip it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. In other snake news and in other China news, Pizza Hut in Hong Kong is now selling snake pizza. Come, Come on. on. some snake pizza. What is it? Like 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 sliced snake? Like deli slices I'll of snake? I'll read it to you. The new offering combines shredded snake meat, oh. black mushrooms, and Chinese dried ham. All indispensable ingredients of an authentic snake stew and part of the Hong Kong franchise's marketing plot to generate buzz online. It's working because we're talking about it, right? <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, what are the, the odds that we are talking about at some random Hong Kong restaurant? Yeah. So it is working. Yeah. Quote, paired with cheese and diced chicken, the snake meat becomes richer in taste, Pizza Hong Kong said in a statement before the dish went on sale last week. Adding that the, quote, nourishing meat can boost blood circulation, a common belief in traditional Chinese medicine, which means it's not true. <laughs> Once you try it, you will never go back huh? <laughs> And speaking of snakes, that brings us back to The View, the show The View, and one of the hosts, Sonny Hostin. Wait, are we going back to anti-Semites? We are! No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, we are, we Come are. On. No, we are. We have to. But we've, but we've, I feel like we're beating a dead horse. True, but I kind of think it's worth it. Did you see the clip of Hillary on The View? She's been a vocal advocate for Israel. Oh, yes. Excellent. It's funny how so many people are surprising us. Right? We were surprised by John Fetterman. Yeah. Surprised by Hillary. No, I wasn't so surprised by Hillary. I am. Bill Clinton was, was she, not She's in bad. that world, though, right? She's yes. in that she's on, world with the but BLM. But she's not a leftist, though. It doesn't matter. Like, she's disappointing a lot of her fans, whether yeah. you like it or not, right? And she could play to that narrative like every other sellout does, right? Yes. She doesn't have to come out and be so vocal for Israel. But she is, and you have to... Give her props. Same thing with Biden, right? Same thing with Joe Biden himself. The, he knows he's losing support, but he's trying to do what's right. And you have to respect that. Yeah, agreed. So it's a really long clip with Hillary. Uh, we're not going to play the whole thing. We'll, we'll leave it at the end, but we're going to play just this part where Sonny Hostin starts quoting Obama, who we covered already, said some anti-Israel stuff. And Hillary just gives her a smackdown. <laughs> and it was really wonderful. So here's what that sounded like. Right. Um, well, let me ask you this, because um, the ceasefire option, or at least the humanitarian pauses, uh, is, is a very popular concept, not only in this country, but around the world, because we're seeing the death of at least 10,000 innocent Palestinian civilians, and half of those are... Half of those are uh, children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So former President Obama said, um, quote, and, you, and, and collective punishment is against international mm -hmm. human rights right. law. Um, so former President Obama said, quote, if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. Mm -hmm. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean here, that all of us are complicit to some degree. Is that, in your view, a wake-up call for Democrats? Uh, a lot of the international community agrees with him. Do you agree that the Israeli government, as well as the U.S., are part of the problem as well? Well, I think that the problem predates October 7th, and I right. think that's what President Obama was talking about, because let's remember, 
This is a very long and complicated history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My husband, with the Israeli government at the time in 2000, offered a Palestinian state to the Palestinians at that time uh, run by Arafat, yeah. Yasser yeah, Arafat. Right. The PLO. And the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which, by the way, took out of its charter violence against Israel. Mm -hmm. So you've got to separate the Palestinians who believe that there is some future of peace with Hamas, which believes it has to destroy Israel. Yeah. Those are two different separate, yes. organizations, right. and they have to be viewed in that way. Arafat turned that down. There would have been a Palestinian state now for 23 years if he had not walked away from it. There was another attempt I when so. I was Secretary of State to try to, you know, bring the Palestinians and the Israelis together. That didn't work out. Israel left Gaza in 2005 just and, and forcibly ejected 50,000 Israelis who were living in Gaza. They left all of their infrastructure, they had a big infrastructure of greenhouses where they were supplying fruits, vegetables, flowers, etc. And, pal you know, the Palestinians deserved to have a yes. productive, successful economy in Gaza. Hamas came in and basically destroyed all of that and killed a lot of other Palestinians. So I think when President Obama says that, it requires us to look at the history. And of course, history holds all of us accountable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is a fair statement. But today, we have to look at where we are. And I believe it's imperative, since we have had numerous ceasefires with Hamas, all of which they have violated, to try finally to dislodge Hamas and allow the Palestinians to have other leadership that will actually once again work for a two-state solution, which it should be the outcome that we all hope and pray for. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was a real smackdown. And she is one to talk because she, what, her husband, Bill Clinton, he himself said openly that he gave the Palestinians basically everything they asked for and they just walked away. We have a clip of that, too. Well, she mentions that. She mentions that yes. her husband is, like, in the full clip, she mentions her husband and how he tried and how she was Secretary of State and she had visited Gaza. And she knows, like, she has firsthand knowledge of all of this. That's right. Well, here's what that sounded like with, with uh, Bill talking about it, Bill Clinton. I killed myself to give the Palestinians a state. I had a deal they turned down. That would have given them all of Gaza, wait, wait, all of Gaza between 96 and 97 percent of the West Bank, compensating land in Israel. So he really did give it his all. He did. You know, and, and, and it was turned down. Yeah. Like, what do you want to take from that? Exactly. Like, how could the world even look at, at, at the situation now and start coming to conclusions? Like, there's, there's a history here, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. And, 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 and that host on The View was quoting Obama and we we and we brought that clip uh, on a previous episode and we we argued about whether or not uh, it seemed like anti-semitic or oh, it was. <laughs> right whatever we argued like he said nobody's hands are clean right and i was saying well look he's looking at the overall picture of 50 years of 75 years and maybe maybe you can say something like that if you're looking at the you know the bird's eye view but alan dershowitz was having none of it oh you yeah. saw that clip oh yes you have to play that no.
you can't make those kinds of comparisons, Barack Obama. And I have to tell you, what you did is just despicable. It's beneath contempt. And um, and whatever respect I had for you, I have absolutely lost. Fortunately, so have many other Americans uh, lost respect for you. And I'm hoping that you have no influence on the current administration, future Democratic administrations, and that your lack of morality ends up in the in the dustbin of history where where it belongs. And so I'm ashamed that I was your friend. I'm ashamed that I invited you to my birthday party. I'm ashamed that I accepted your invitation to the Oval Office. And I'm ashamed, ashamed that I allowed you to fool me into thinking that you actually uh, supported Israel. You do not. That's about as strong as it gets. Yeah. Right? right? I'll never be fooled again. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. You. I invited you to my birthday party. <laughs> the rhetoric, though. Is, is seems like it's getting younger. The, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Among everybody, right, right. I mean, it's worth mentioning about the Israel news. Not that you know everyone's going to say fake news. Uh, the United States has now confirmed what Israel has said, which is that now that Israel has gone into the Shifa hospital, it has confirmed that Hamas did in fact have a command center in in Shifa hospital. Uh, they found. Weapons, military gear in the MRI wing of the Shifa hospital. Is that insane? The MRI wing <laughs> has MRI machines and machine guns. Welcome to the MRI room. Scans to the right, Kalashnikovs to the left. <laughs> but it's, it, it's, we're making fun of it. We're making fun, but it's, but it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And it doesn't matter. You know, what I realize is that nobody cares. You know, I have, I'm looking at the outline for this episode and I have it in big on top. It says, nobody cares. You know why? I thought that was just a a note to yourself about your life. (laughs) That's not nice. (laughs) But it's true. (laughs) Nobody cares. So Israel releases footage of a Hamas uh, command center in the Shiva hospital. Mm, No, but it's a genocide. All protests die down, right? (laughs) We start seeing a massive shift of people coming to the Israeli side. Of and course just, not. Right. Nobody cares. Exactly. Like Nobody I cares. like I love these guys that they're in their military fatigues and they're saying, you know, they're bringing all the proof. Uh, right here is a school, and over here we have the RPG. You can see that they are storing. Like no, like bro, like I love you and I believe you and I know that it's true, but nobody is going to change their mind. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's just it's the rhetoric is 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 it's there already. The outline, the way the story plays in their heads, nothing's going to change their mind. That's right. It's a narrative. That's right. They believe it, and nothing we do. So Israel just keeps showing stuff, and nobody cares. And I'm sure you saw the Jeremy Corbyn video. I sure did. He's a he real, won't admit oh, it. He's a real anti-Semite. He just will not say Hamas bad. Right. That's all we because asked. Like, will you just say Hamas is no good? Nope. Would you say that they're mildly like misbehaving? <laughs> nothing. No. Nothing. And Pierce Morgan gives him the chance, but he will not say it. Uh, here's that. Here's what that clip sounded like. Keep Hamas in power. It's not up to you. What's your me. opinion? You're, no, expe- on a You're expressing plenty of other opinions, aren't you? Pierce, well, can can I you ask, calm down a minute? Can I ask you uh, well, a question? Well, y- you know, I'm can sorry. You calm down a minute. If can you I think Hamas should stay well, in power, calm say down so. A can I ask you Is your a question? N- well, I wanted to answer the question. Can I Listen, ask you No, a- he can answer it. Can I ask you a question? It's not a puppet show, Len. Can I ask you... Well, Why I'm won't a- you say Hamas Pierce, is- go? You 
are a very strange form of interviewing. Am I? Where you interrupt, shout and abuse your guests. Well, you refuse to answer my question what? and he keeps trying to answer it for you. No, I'm going to well, ask you, you a question. No, I'm not going to ask are me a question kind of then. Legal Why not? It's not your show, it's mine. And I, I keep asking you the well, same question. Would you Look, keep Hamas in power? What I said was there has to be a ceasefire. A ceasefire has to be both sides. That ceasefire will then hopefully develop into a longer term peace. Well, you process. think Israel can Wait, do. Hang on a minute. Israel, you think Israel can do peace with Hamas? Israel has been talking to Hamas for 20 years. You think they can do peace they've with been, them after, been, after October the 7th? They've been talking. Listen, October the 7th was abominable and appalling. Mm. That we're agreeing. And you on. think Israel can do peace with people that did that? I managed to get two sentences in between... Because you won't answer my question. Look, if you want to have a discussion, fine. Answer my question. If you want to just shout at me, that's your prerogative, your TV, your show. Should Hamas stay in power? Listen, what I said was, a ceasefire means a ceasefire. It means both sides have to ceasefire. It means you then... Now, you said that. Should Hamas stay in power? It's actually you, you're a, done yet. It's actually a critical question. Are you done yet? It's a critical question. Are you done yet? No, it's the question. Are you done yet? Should they stay in power? Are you done yet? This country says they're a terror group. Do you agree? And should they stay in Listen, power? Listen, I do not approve, support, or welcome Hamas. Are they a terror? Are they a terror group? Everybody knows what they are. Are they a terror group? Look, um, Piers, can, can you we, say it? Piers, can we have a discussion? Can you say it? Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terror Piers, group? Jeremy? Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terror Piers, group? Is it possible to have a rational discussion with you? Are you prepared you? to call is Hamas a have, terror group? Is it possible to have a rational discussion with you? can't, can you? Is it possible? Come on, answer that you question. You can't, can you? You answer it. No, it's my okay. show. You answer my question. Well, are, Hamas, you are, the, are Hamas a terror group? Listen, can I... Are they a terror group? Piers, can I speak? Answer the question. Can I speak? Are they a terror group? Piers, can no, you let me, No, if you let me speak... Are I'll they say, a terror group? If you'll let me speak, Piers. I'll say something. Go on, then. A ceasefire means both sides... You said and, that... Are they a terror group? Listen, I said that because Are they that a terror is group? part of the process. Are they a terror and group? And will ha- Can we go Why th- can't you say it? Piers, can we go through what ought to be happening? Just answer my question. Why do you think Are Hamas most a terror nations group? in the world are calling for a ceasefire? Are Why Hamas a terror group? Come on, answer that. Answer answer me. No, you've got it's not many, your show. You've got so many opinions. Why should I answer yours when you won't day? answer mine? Why do you give out your opinions all day and every day? Are Hamas, you don't like it are Hamas a terror group? Are you. Hamas a terror group? Yes or well, no? You won't, let, you won't like it when somebody yes pushes no. back on you. What I've said is... I've asked you two questions. Should Hamas stay in power and are they a terror group? You're refusing to answer either. Of them. They that won't. is very telling. They and you wonder, it's not very and you wonder why not, people think you had a problem not with Jewish people. At all, right? What is you very wonder. telling is your inability to keep quiet for 30 seconds yeah. to allow anybody I, to answer a on question. On my show, I ask people questions. You shout norm- at people. Normally, they answer them. I, you shout at people. I, no, no, no only do. when they won't answer the question. I, no, you shout at people all the you've time. You've deliberately not answered my question. I've explained to you how to get rid of them. You, Are they a terror group, Len? Uh, of course. The Thank terror, you. Why can't you say well, that? Hang on, hang on. You've answered it. it uh, but, should they stay in power, Len? But, uh, do you, should they, they stay in power? No, they won't be in no, no, power. Do you believe they should? They won't be in power. Do you believe they should? They won't be in do power. Do you believe they should? They won't. I don't believe. OK, so I you've believe, answered my question. I believe. It's not on. that difficult no, to say Hamas should go reality, and they're a terror group. The why can't you, why Jeremy Corbyn, answer the questions? Ask something about the behaviour of the Israeli army and the Israeli government. Why can't you say that? Why can't you have a discussion about how a ceasefire would come about? Why can't you have a discussion about... 
Pierce gives him a chance to be a human being. <laughs> you know, Jeremy Corbyn claims he's not an anti-Semite. You know, here's an easy way to not be labeled an anti-Semite. Just say, yes, Palestinians have rights. We care so much about them. But Hamas bad. No, cannot he can't do it. do it. And I, I keep saying the same thing. I feel like the lines are just being drawn, right? It's becoming super clear who is good and who is bad. That's right. And that's like, it's like an end of times, end of days. Scary, like we right? need to, like, like, it's like Hashem is showing us, these are your enemies and these are your friends. Right? I know you thought these were your friends, but now you can see very clearly that they are not your friends. That is correct. Speaking of uh, individuals who are not our friends, uh, we missed the Natura Carta uh, representation at the march. Like regretfully so. I know. I know you wanted <laughs> to run into them. So. I know, uh, but we miss it. But there is a video of a guy just giving them just giving them a dressing down, and you know talking over. And that's the guy. That's that's the Weiss guy that we we spoke about yesterday. Yes, he's like the leader. He is their leader, and he is giving it to them. And it seems like the media is there and they're watching. And of course, this encompasses all the Chil Hashem that is the Naturi Karta, right? Right, right? This is secular media. That is just they're eating it up with the cameras and the microphones, and they love it, and 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 even to the poor base Yaakov girls that were crying. <laughs> don't make the laugh. Don't make the laugh. But but he, but he made them crying, cry. bro. Why are they crying? Because they can't see it. They can't see a Jewish guy that is dressed like I'm going to say dressed as a Hasidish yid because he's clearly not, uh, and he's just spewing this this anti-israel nonsense and sta- standing with uh, uh with the palestinians and, and with iran and they can't see it they're just they're too pure for that yeah i guess so and, but, but and they cry how, i love how the guy who's the video the, the guy who's taking the video just is like stop crying <laughs> <laughs> because of their father no because they like he's like he he sees the bigger picture like, like stop being ridiculous girls right but the, in their world it's it's devastating. I guess we should play that clip. Go for it. Is an issue just like this. This is called radical Judaism, and this is a downfall of humanity. God made this world for ba- for balance to infuse the physical with the spiritual. Radical Islam, meet your brothers. Radical Judaism, the world together has to solve this problem. What happened in Israel? Is a warning for the West and the rest of the world that wants to live life. Stop, stop crying. Radical Islam and radical religion. That is an issue for this planet. People who love life together will beat them. We worship the God of life. We worship the God of life. We worship the God of life. So he basically said what everybody else is thinking. Yes. Right? Exactly. It's just a, like like enough already. Like when, when, when is it going to end? Yep. Yep. Agreed. Speaking of when is it going to end, I'm thinking that about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to end off by saying what we said on the Weekly Squeeze. If there's one thing we could take away from the march, when 300,000 Jews get together, it has an impact. But you know, that couldn't have happened without each person who attended, right? Every single person that attended 
made that happen. If each person said, well, what do they need me for? They don't need me. There's going to be other people there. It would not have happened, which means that all of us in Klal Yisrael, we have power. Yeah, there would have been 30 people if we all <laughs> exactly, said that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But I get credit because I did push you. You did. But you, you did. also started me. Yes, that is true. Right? So I, you started it, and I kept that ball rolling because you were like, mm, should we go? Like, do we really have to? I'm like, hello, we're going. You are correct. I don't deny it. But that means that everybody has what to offer. Take a moment. Take two minutes out of your day and think to yourself, what can I do to help Klaus Earl? Klaus Earl are in a sakana right now. Maybe it's money. And if it's money, we have links in our show notes that you could donate to. Maybe it's starting a podcast. It's probably not, though. <laughs> it's probably not. No, maybe it's davening. Yeah. Maybe it's learning. Extra tehillim. Exactly. But do something. Or you can you can also pray in your own words. Like, that is yes. meaningful, yes. right? It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to be anyone. You can be anybody on planet Earth. Take a second and pray for these hostages. Yes, have some kavana. Just take a minute. Take one minute out of your day and just do something. And if all of us did that, I imagine, I have to believe that it would make a huge difference. But I don't think that anybody's doing nothing. Is there people no, that I are think just doing people, nothing? I think people are getting caught up in the news and everything that's going on. And they're forgetting that we need to internalize it and improve. That's what Hashem wants from us. Ultimately, He wants us to improve. He wants us to take a minute, introspection. Nothing happens in the world without it being a message to us. Do tshuva. Maybe you, maybe you should do tshuva. I do, can I say one thing? Because if it was me speaking, you would be, you would be, oh, thank you. You're the rub of the podcast now. <laughs> well, you didn't do it, so I did it. Mashkia Shlita. That's what we're going to call you. <laughs> You're the mashkia. You're the rub, I'm the mashkia. Fair. You're the Rosh Hashiva. Okay, also, it's important to let everybody know that we are looking for interns. If you're interested in interning by us, let us know. Drop us a line, hakakiddushclubpodcast.com. Maybe you know how to do audio engineering. Maybe you're good with video. Maybe you're good with art. Let us know, and we may have a spot for you. And of course, don't forget to join the WhatsApp group. You can find it at kiddushclubpodcast.com. Buy us a coffee, and it helps us keep the lights on, but more importantly, the air conditioning running. It is very <laughs> hot in here, bro. It's really not, but okay. You're always hot. You run hot. <laughs> Until next week, Kiddish Club out. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media. What I was saying before, I just want to throw this in. <laughs> let, when, let, me get, let me get Alyssa in, please. Let no, me but get I have Alyssa. to correct me, something. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, because I don't want the impression to be made that I didn't accept the results of the, the mm -hmm. Trump administration, yeah. the win. But I don't like the Electoral College. Yeah. And you won the popular vote, he right. won He's the Electoral College. Yeah. And that's the thing that needs to be addressed. Because, because it's, it's based, not one it's person, was, one it's based vote. based on slavery. Yeah, and it, I think it's un-American. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, Madam Secretary, I did want to comment on one thing you were mentioning about, about the former president is he also in a second term wouldn't be bound by re-election. So a lot of times what we saw in the former White House was folks saying, you can't do that. You've got to win independence. You've got to win moderates. That will not exist. So the guardrails that come down are very dangerous. You're right. But another incredibly important issue, you have decades of foreign policy experience. Uh, the world's watching what's happening in Israel and Gaza. Our hearts break. You said something that I thought was incredibly important and needed to be said at this time, which is those calling for a ceasefire don't understand Hamas. Can you explain that? Because I know there is a deep passion and compassion for the Palestinian people right. and their suffering. 
but there is this entity there that is so dangerous. Well, Alyssa, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I feel so um, personally uh, committed to trying to figure out how to help the Israelis and the Palestinians live in peace. And I negotiated a ceasefire in November of 2012, <coughs> so I understand what it takes to try to stop uh, violence. But remember, there was a ceasefire on October 6th that Hamas broke by their barbaric uh, assault on peaceful civilians and their kidnapping, their killing, their beheading, their terrible, inhumane uh, savagery, there was a ceasefire. It did not hold because Hamas chose to break it. So you have to keep several things in your head at the same time, and that is, number one, Hamas is a terrorist organization. It has made very clear it is committed to uh, the elimination of the state of Israel, and it has consistently broken ceasefires over a number of years. Israel has a right to defend itself, as any country would. Ukraine has a right to defend itself against an invasion, an unlawful, inhumane invasion by Russia. And Israel should conduct itself by the laws of war and do everything it can to prevent and limit civilian casualties. Those three things are all true themselves. And so when I said a couple of weeks ago that it wasn't time for a ceasefire because it would enable Hamas to rearm and reposition, uh, because I, I've been to Gaza, and Gaza is a highly populated urban environment, and what has been going on now for a number of years under Hamas rule is the building of over 200 miles of tunnels under Gaza, the storing of munitions, all kinds of explosives under hospitals, under refugee camps, under civilian targets, the use of civilians uh, as really just tools of war um, by Hamas, that has all been going on. And so when I said you could not have a ceasefire, um, people didn't understand that Hamas would use it for their own purposes. Mm -hmm. I think we're now moving toward a position where the idea of these humanitarian pauses that the Biden administration has been promoting are now, I think, on the table and should be. And what would that mean? Well, first of all, let's remember over 240 innocent people, not just Israelis, people from other countries. The, the second biggest number of people taken by Hamas are workers from Thailand who were working in agriculture. So this is a multinational hostage situation. A humanitarian pause would enable two things to happen if Hamas would agree, and that is let the hostages go. Yeah. These are innocent civilian people. They should not be held as you know, captives to Hamas. And let in more humanitarian aid that actually gets where it's intended, not into the hands of Hamas. Yeah. So if we work on all of that, I think it's possible, uh, given where the, the current situation is, because the Israelis are now in Gaza with ground troops. They have cut off the north from the south. They have surrounded Gaza City, which is the central command structure of the Hamas uh, militants. So I think now would be a good time to consider doing that. Um, but 
a ceasefire done prematurely benefits uh, those who do not abide by any laws, by any rules, by any human, you know, character value about the value of life. So that was not, it was much too premature. Now I think the pauses should be considered. Right, right. Um, well, let me ask you this, because um, the ceasefire option, or at least the humanitarian pauses, uh, is, is a very popular concept, not only in this country, but around the world, because we're seeing the death of at least 10,000 innocent Palestinian civilians, and half of those are, half of those are uh, children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So former President Obama said, um, quote, and, you, and, and collective punishment is against international mm -hmm. human rights right. law. Um, so former President Obama said, quote, if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. Mm -hmm. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean here, that all of us are complicit to some degree. Is that, in your view, a wake-up call for Democrats? Uh, a lot of the international community agrees with him. Do you agree that the Israeli government, as well as the U.S., are part of the problem as well? Well, I think that the problem predates October 7th. And I right. think that's what President Obama was talking about, because let's remember this is a very long and complicated history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My husband, with the Israeli government at the time, in 2000, offered a Palestinian state to the Palestinians, at that time uh, run by Arafat, yeah. Yasser yeah, Arafat. Right. And the PLO. And the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which, by the way, took out of its charter violence against Israel. Mm -hmm. So you've got to separate the Palestinians who believe that there is some future of peace with Hamas, which believes it has to destroy Israel. Yeah. Those are two different separate, yes. organizations, right. and they have to be viewed in that way. Arafat turned that down. There would have been a Palestinian state now for 23 years if he had not walked away from it. There was another attempt when I was Secretary of State to try to, you know, bring the Palestinians and the Israelis together. That didn't work out. Israel left Gaza in 2005 just and, and forcibly ejected 50,000 Israelis who were living in Gaza. They left all of their infrastructure. They had a big infrastructure of greenhouses where they were supplying fruits, vegetables, flowers, etc. And, pal you know, the Palestinians deserved to have a yes. productive, successful economy in Gaza. Hamas came in and basically destroyed all of that and killed a lot of other Palestinians. So I think when President Obama says that, it requires us to look at the history. And, of course, history holds all of us accountable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is a fair statement. But today, we have to look at where we are. And I believe it's imperative, since we have had numerous ceasefires with Hamas, all of which they have violated, to try finally to dislodge Hamas and allow the Palestinians to have other leadership that will actually once again work for a two-state solution, which it should be the outcome that we all hope and pray for. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's what's funny, the biggest deal when I think about all of this is, you know, I, I think about Anwar Sadat. Mm -hmm. He, for me, he was, he was a beacon. If you don't know who he was, look him up. He was somebody who felt that there was a better way for everybody right. to yeah. exist in Israel. Whoopi, can I say something? Yes, because that's please. a really important point. So, you know, Israel and Egypt fought wars. That's part of this complex yeah. history that people need to educate ourselves about. And 
after fighting wars, Sadat went to Israel and made peace with the then current Israeli government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that ended, that's why you see the current Egyptian government working to try to get supplies yeah. into Gaza, to try to get civilians and, and foreign nationals and wounded people out of Gaza. So there's a working relationship now between yeah. Egypt and Israel. Jordan and Israel made a peace yeah. agreement. I was there to see that happen. Mm -hmm. So it's, people should not get hopeless. There is, yeah, hope, there is hope, but you have to remove from the scene terrorists like Hamas who don't believe in peace. They don't believe in it for their own people. They are using their own people as shields, and they don't believe that it's possible to do with Israel. Let's try to have people who can lead us to peace.